Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate you wherever in the world you are listening to the show. We have a very unusual story today on the podcast. And it was funny. I was talking to my guest today and I realized out of the 200 plus episodes we've done, I don't think I've ever had a guest and a story like this on the show. On the show today, I have on author Gary Boham. He is the author of the new book, Sharky, When Sea Lions Were the Stars of Show Business. It is a very fascinating story about a real-life sea lion named Sharky that entertained thousands and thousands of people back in the late 30s, 40s, and even up into the 50s here in North America. What's fascinating about this story is Gary's relatives. His great-grandfather was the trainer of Sharky. And what's fascinating about this story is Gary grew up and rarely heard about this. He mentioned that he may have heard about his family, you know, years ago working with sea lions, maybe once or twice. It wasn't until someone called him, another podcaster called Gary, to confirm and get some information about some things about Sharky, this famous sea lion. And what Gary uncovered truly was remarkable. Gary's ancestors, his great-grandfather, trained one of the greatest sea lions of all time. And it's crazy to think that all of this happened less than 100 years ago. We had sea lions selling out theaters. We had sea lions next to the Three Stooges doing shows in front of people. It is very interesting. And this is a podcast kind of... I would say taking a look at what it was like less than 100 years ago working with animals, in particular sea lions, in the entertainment industry. It is a retrospective look at animal training and the history of it. It is very fascinating. So if any of you listening are currently training animals, whether that's at a zoological park or whether you're just training your cat or your dog, this might fascinate you. This also is interesting for anybody in the animal industry to get a kind of sneak peek at what it was like. And once again, I know I've said this like a million times, it blows my mind that less than a hundred years ago, we had a sea lion starring on Broadway. And the sea lions back in the day were bigger than life. This was just before we had television and before we had entertainment on TV. So if you wanted to go out and be entertained or to even see a sea lion in real life, you would have to go to these shows. And it is, I was truly intrigued by this story. So I really hope you enjoy this interview with Gary. As always, I encourage you to check out the after show. The After Show is a place where you can get the full interview, and all you have to do to listen to that After Show is just head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. To be a Patreon member, it just helps support the show monthly. It's super cheap. It's like $10 a month. You get to support the show and listen to bonus content like this interview with Gary. In the after show, we talk about Sharky's last performance. We talk about how it all ended and why 
the sea lion shows and the animal entertainment shows came to a crashing end near the 1950s. I also asked Gary his thoughts on animals and entertainment and his thoughts on animal activists and, you know, them against using animals for entertainment. So it is fascinating. I also encourage you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to it, whether that's on Apple iTunes, whether that's on Spotify, Pandora, those ratings really, really help out. And I just appreciate it. Word of mouth is the best way to get this podcast out there to more people and it's working we are currently in the top for nature on uh, apple Podcasts, which is amazing and that's because of you okay with that said let's get to it let's take a stroll down memory lane let's talk about the famous sharky the sea lion gary welcome to the show Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. When you sent this pitch and I saw sea lions, I was like, okay, I really need to get this guy on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Again, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to talk. I mean, what really intrigued me is just, just the title of your new book, Sharky, When Sea Lions Were the Stars of Show Business. And it really got me thinking because back in the day, they were used a lot for show business. Can you go into that more? Yes, they. Um, my great grandfather uh, was the seal trainer. See, they were often called seals back then. In fact, so sea lions and seals were synonymous back in the day. Um, so he was the one in the family, him and two of his brothers, uh, that started the act. And it was way back in 1907, and they they kind of fell into it uh, through a friend of a friend type of thing. And uh, and next thing you know, they, they took to it. They all three of them took to it uh, extremely quickly. And the next thing you know, within a couple of years, they got the break of, the, of their life, uh, a gig with Ringling Brothers. And, and it's it's, it's tough. Ringling Brothers. It's tough to tell to a modern audience just how big circuses were back then. And the biggest circus of all was Ringling Brothers. And, and and so they went on the road with Ringling Brothers for several years. And that's how, uh, and they they really uh, rose to uh, to fame rather quickly and started branching off uh, in, into vaudeville, which was also very big at the time. And animal acts were right alongside uh, comedians and singers and uh, and 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 therein started the the, uh, the story. Uh, now Sharky came along a little bit later, um, but the uh, the table was set for Sharky uh, with their decades worth of uh, not only circus work but uh, vaudeville. Okay, so so 1907, your grandfather invested in a sea lion. A great... Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Your great-grandfather. Your great-grandfather. Where did he get a sea lion? Okay, well, he was... Um, he was At that time, he was an assistant to, um, um, to this person who uh, was a friend of a friend. And they got their sea lions, their California... California sea lions, and they got them off the coast of California. Which, that, that's a whole. I'm glad you brought it up because that's a whole story, mini story in and of itself, which I cover in the book. It was a fellow named Captain George McGuire, and he uh, would go out uh, off of uh, uh, California in, into the Santa Cruz area, uh, and and he had a certain coves, and he would he would. Uh, he would get these sea lions, and he fancied himself a, a, a talent scout. And he was he was so widely respected in the industry, 
supplying sea lions to to uh, performers and trainers all over the world that uh, the stationery on his letterhead said i supply the world with sea lions oh my god so was yeah that was captain mcguire so he he supplied uh he supplied uh he supplied the world with sea lions yeah, and people might be listening right now just being horrified. And that's no offense to, like, your grand, your great-grandfather or this captain, but people right now thinking in 2022, like, oh, my God, they used to go out and capture, you know, sea lion. I'm, I'm assuming they were probably sea lion pups. They were. He looked for pups one to two years old. Okay. Um, for the simple reason that that uh, ensured a, a longer career. So mm-hmm. it was make make no mistake. It was um, it was a business, mm-hmm. and uh, but but uh, but uh, George McGuire, Captain George McGuire. It seemed it seemed all the sea lion folks were called Captain for some reason. So it's it's uh, Captain George McGuire, um, and uh, so yeah, he 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 was really uh, quite a steward though um, uh-huh. of the uh, of the sea lions um, that that he netted. He he developed certain netting techniques. Um, if you if you want your audience to really be horrified before uh, McGuire came onto the scene, um, and this truly is horrific. They they um, you know back in in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds they they would actually club a sea lion, knock the sea lion unconscious, in the hopes that the sea lion would awaken once on shore. Oh. So that's by any standard. Uh, is is unconscionable. Uh, McGuire developed certain netting techniques, and he was quite a character. Uh, he was he stayed in the business for uh, for decades himself. In fact, he uh, he stayed. He lived to a ripe old age of 102. Wow! And was involved. Yeah, was involved in the business. Uh, he died sometime in the 1950s. Was involved in the business uh, up to his uh, dying day. Yes, and mind you, for those people listening, like I need to write this McGuire guy. This was th- let's just audience. Let's just also remember this was back in 1907 when things were a lot different. And this is you know we've obviously have made huge strides since then. I don't think a lot of people are out capturing sea lions anymore. Uh, maybe in other parts of the world, <laughs> but I, I, I know here, I know here in the states they are protected. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, he, you know, he actually uh, McGuire. Uh, he did bond with the animals, um, and uh, um, he there was some that uh, you know he he even uh, admitted had a had a tough time letting go to those that uh, were calling for him. But but su- such was the practice back in the day. And and the other thing too, you know, it's funny because I I had done quite a quite a bit of research on him, and owing to today's standards. I, there was uh, for the longest time I was debating whether or not I should put that in the book um, because what what are people going to think of that? That's not going to play well. And you know, I for better or for worse, I just came around and I said, look, if I'm if I'm going to tell this story, I'm just going to tell the story. Um, it's a it's a it's it's a matter of history, and so uh, I decided not to hide behind. Um, McGuire, who in fact was, uh, like I said, was really a steward and and uh, and uh, bonded uh, quite strongly with uh, with his sea lion friends. 
Yeah, and I'm happy that you did keep it in. And I know some might listen to this and look at this path or this past and be, you know, completely horrified. But once again, things were different. And marine parks, even here in the States, were collecting, you know, orcas since the, like the 70s until they put a stop to mm-hmm. that in Seattle. So it's wasn't that long ago when things were a lot different. Gary, you mentioned they used California sea lions. Did they ever try to use seals? No, they, um, McGuire and, and my relatives were California sea lions uh, all the time. And that was really the industry standard. Um, the, the, the California sea lion is more adaptable to, to training, um, and more, more social, um, more flexible, more agile. So, um, it's not to say there might've been other seals in the business, but, uh, the overwhelming majority of what the industry used to call train, trained seals were in fact trained sea lions, and California for, sea lions in particular. And for the audience listening, what's the difference between a sea lion and a seal? Oh boy. So I'm a little out of my area here because I'm not an animal expert, but I can tell you that the, um, that the sea lions have, have got, uh, you can see their ears, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said, they're, they're more agile. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on land, they're, they're, they bark, the big yeah. barkers. Yeah. And versus yeah. um, versus versus uh, seals, or when I think of a seal, I think of something more kind of kind of pudgy. Yeah. And and not as not as uh, not as agile. The the sea lion, as I understand it, the the, the sea lion's neck is um, very mm-hmm. agile, which mm-hmm. um, lends itself to some of the uh, some of the balancing uh, tricks that they often did. Yeah, and I always tell people seals are the chubby ones that kind of look like caterpillars. <laughs> right. And, and, and they, they literally can't, they actually like caterpillar on land. They're very awkward. Well, whereas sea lions have evolved to use their flippers and, you know, kind of walk yeah. almost. And I, I feel like, you know, people get them changed or get them interchanged all the time. But it's funny when you hear from real pinniped experts which pinnipeds are seals sea lions walruses etc they get so up in mm-hmm. arms like that's a sea lion that's not a seal <laughs> so it's, it's so true but you know back in the day they they oftentimes I, i'd say even more often than not um in fact sharky's calling card sharky who's the main character of my book um was often billed as sharky the seal when he was in fact sharky the california sea lion mm-hmm Okay, so they get the sea lion from this captain, and they just hit the road and start doing roadside shows. Is that the the trajectory of the story? No, they um, before um, the, the, they they would work with the seals, and the, uh, and here I'm calling them seals now. So uh, <laughs> your audience will have to excuse me. I'm, I, I use the words interchangeably, uh, uh, but they worked with the animals, the sea lions. And there, there was really a whole process. They just didn't go out on the road. Um, and really, the process was one of um, bonding with the animals. Uh, first and foremost, it was uh, establishing a bond uh, and, and a trust uh, with the animals. And, um, you know, once, uh, uh, you know, as, as um, displeasurable perhaps is um, the, the acquisition of these sea lions, uh, once they were in the hands of uh, my relatives, they they were um, they were they were they couldn't have been treated uh, any better. They mm-hmm. uh, they developed strong bonds, um, and in fact they they uh, they were treated. They just smothered them with kindness, mm-hmm. and 
it was really a matter of making that connection first and foremost and then the training came came next yeah and what what got me also with your pitch when you emailed me was you said that this book is like a retrospective look at the animal training and the old ways we used to train animals can we go into that statement Yes. So like I said, they, um, the, 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 there was a tremendous amount of, uh, of bonding and, and, and respect and, and admiration that, that went both ways. They, and, and I've got, um, in their own words, they say they considered the sea lions, uh, their equals, if not their superiors. So they really, um, they, uh, they, and, and what oftentimes today, um, where you think of uh, positive reinforcement techniques, it's not—it's not that they didn't use those. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a, a fish reward. But one one comment that stuck with me from my great grandfather, uh, he said, uh, "Rewards come into it, of course, but I don't use rewards as much as people suppose." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite telling. It, it was—it uh, was really the uh, the nurturing and the bond. And they spoke. Uh, they spoke to the. Uh, I've, I've got tremendous. I've got just outstanding footage of um, of them uh, working with the animals and and speaking to them and just talking to them in plain English. And you know, not not, not to say that the, the seals could understand what what they were saying, but but at some level there there seemed to be you know an uncanny amount of communication that was going on. And 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 once that was established. Um, the, uh, the, uh, stuff they were taught to do on stage, uh, came, came rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And I should say, I have friends who train sea lions or have experience and they always refer to them almost like dogs training wise. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard that? Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out there first. Oh, sorry. I said that. I know you were looking at me with a with a blank stare. I was like, oh man, maybe, <laughs> maybe I offended Gary on this one. I said I have friends in the business who have trained sea lions, and they refer to them almost like dogs. Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, in fact, my uh, my great grandfather used to call them water dogs. What? That's. I think I've heard that term before. <laughs> water dogs. Water dogs, yeah. Yeah, that they were... Yeah. That once they... That was a slang. Yeah, like once they got the hang of something, they learned behaviors pretty quick, that they weren't that difficult to train. That's what I've heard. I'm not a sea lion trainer, so maybe that's, you mm-hmm. know, but that's from that's what I hear. Well, that's consistent with, uh, with all the research that I've uncovered uh, with my relatives. And, and uh, you know, I think to their credit, what they, what they did um, once, once that bond was established was they, they were, there was no limitations. In fact, they, they, as far as they, as far as, as they were concerned, um, there wasn't anything that those sea lions couldn't do. They, they, mm-hmm. um, that, that was their attitude. And, uh, as one example, one of, one of the, uh, one of their star sea lions, uh, from the 1920s and thirties, uh, one of, uh, Sharky's predecessors, uh, Charlie, uh, he started uh, singing on his own, singing, what? just making growling notes. Yeah, growling notes. And and so my relatives got this idea. They got him a a cellist tutor. 
So, so if you can imagine this, yes, here's a here's a sea lion working with a cellist tutor, and after getting music lessons, oh my god, and and the and and Charlie the sea lion got very adept at, at imitating the notes, and then the notes turned into melodies. And, and what's interesting, best I can tell, uh, a, a sea lion's bark, a sea lion's range is more in, in the tenor range. But Charlie, Charlie the sea lion, he chose a baritone register for his vocals. Huh. And so adept at singing, he, he worked with his cellist tutor, started singing melodies, and then started singing harmony. And so what they did is they commissioned an, someone to write an orchestral piece. And that would feature Charlie the Sea Lion in duet with a cellist backed up by an orchestra. And they took that on the road. It is such a shame that Charlie did not have a TikTok page back then. <laughs> no doubt. I No doubt. You know, it doesn't shock me, though. Sea Lion, if you've been to a marine park or you've seen these shows, they can train the sea lion's behaviors that will just blow your mind. Um, you know, and I know that, you know, some of these facilities are kind of shifting away from the animal show aspect, but yeah, I, that does not shock me that your uh, that he was trained to, to, to sing. I just wish there was video of this Gary. Well, there might be, there might be, I, um, I've got, I've got plenty of news articles in, in, uh, papers and, and magazines and, 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 uh, so on and so forth, because that was, uh, uh, Charlie, the sea lines, that was really one of his calling cards, uh, for, uh, for a lot of his career and, 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 and make no mistake. We, 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 Charlie was not playing, uh, carnies. He was playing the biggest theaters in the world. Oh, headline. Really? Mm-hmm. So that's that was the other thing I could have never as I stumbled upon this story uh, a couple of years ago, which is a whole other story unto itself. Uh, so some of uh, some of Charlie's credentials uh, and, and, and I can toss in. We haven't even gotten to Sharky yet. No, no. Um, but but uh, Charlie played the Palace Theater in New York City, which was the the most renowned theater in vaudeville. Um, to this day, Charlie played the New York Hippodrome. At the time, it was the biggest indoor theater in the world. Wow. Uh, he uh, he just after it opened, uh, Charlie uh, worked the L.A. Los Angeles Orpheum, huh. uh, where he shared the bill with uh, Jack Benny, who uh, is uh, a showbiz immortal. So it was if you if you just if you try to put yourself, uh, I think that was 1926, and this beautiful theater it just opened up and there's and there's a young jack benny and there's charlie the sea lion singing with an orchestra wow it happened yeah and and, and he went over oh, go, go ahead i was gonna say this was less than a hundred years ago yeah it's uh you know it's it really didn't happen that long ago um and uh you know it seems too it seems at least for me you know the old older you get the closer it seems you can get to history you know when you when you're growing up you know anything you know that came a couple of years before you you couldn't even get your arms around but uh, but anyway um it, it didn't seem uh, yeah it doesn't seem like it, it was that long ago the and and the song he settled on he, he had he had a couple songs in his repertoire but his feature interestingly enough was a tune called the sleep in the deep 
which was a folk song, curiously enough, about sailors that have drowned at sea. So oh. that's an interesting choice he came up with. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Quick question before we get to Sharky: How long mm-hmm. did it take your relatives to train a sea lion? And to get it ready to go to the show. Like how long did it take for them to get that bond with their animal before they were ready to go and to be singing on the stage with Charlie? <laughs> right. Um, the, I, I would say, uh, and, and the seals just, just like um, a, any other artist. And, and I, and I, and I use that term with all sincerity. I, I'm, I'm so steeped in this story as far as, I, I, they are artists. It's, it's not like they're kind of artists or you, you might think of them as artists. They were artists in, in every sense of the word. So just like any artist, they, they, they hone their craft throughout their career. But to answer your question, it was usually about two or three years um, of, of solid training before they were really uh, ready to hit the big time. Mm-hmm. And big time, so you said circuses. How were they transporting sea lions back then? Was Was it... Was it by train? Like I have images of Dumbo, you know, like the Dumbo, like in train with all the animals going to the circus. Like how was that yeah. transportation like? So an, another great question. Um, during their during their uh, tenure with Ringling Brothers, um, Ringling Brothers was a rail traveling circus. Mm. So they had pens uh, and they had rail cars set up and then they had sea lion pens uh, that would travel on the trains. Um, but the, um, by the time we get to uh, Sharky and, and, and even Charlie, uh, Charlie, uh, really was unique in that instead of, uh, the circuses uh, would present a, a troop of sea lions. So there might be four or five, um, at, at their, at their peak, um, they were presenting when ringlings went from three rings to a five ring circus in the mid twenties, they, they were presenting 20 sea lions si- simultaneously wow. on, <laughs> in five rings but charlie went solo wow you know it's 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 uh and, and again just in that artist uh modality that we were talking about you know just thinking of a group and all of a sudden the the leader of the group is going to just branch off and go start a solo career so that's what charlie did wow. and charlie got transported you know, in, in his own customized uh, vehicle uh, as well as charlie and they uh they had a tub in the back uh, they had uh, viewports on the side. Um, they would heat. They would heat the water with uh, with propane. There was a little uh, freezer chest that, of course, they would keep stocked with fish. And so, like I said, the, uh, the it, it was. I mean, if you were a sea lion, you were you were traveling in in the lap of luxury oh, in my. these in these in these vans. Yeah, I was gonna say. I just back in the day, it might be hard to travel with sea lions and with water and trying to find fresh fish. But it sounds like they had it. They had they had a system that worked quite well. They did. Yeah, they did. So, like I said, and then they uh, they really got out of the circus thing um, uh, at the end of the twenties, and then it was uh, real. And then it was more solo acts, uh, Charlie, and then uh, there was a couple a uh, couple others, but then but then Sharky. Uh, Sharky just uh, took it to another level. You can reasonable people can debate whether who was the greatest of all time. Was it Sharky? Was it Charlie? Uh, I, my money's with Sharky, but they uh, the, those those were the two uh, standouts. 
Wow. And I mean, I guess that's why your book is titled Sharky when sea lions were the stars of show business. So that's a great segue. Let's let's talk about Sharky. So Sharky comes onto the scene in the late 30s. Okay. And uh, my uh, um, in, in fact, um, shortly after Charlie um, had had passed away, uh, Charlie passed away in 1938. And he uh, during his um, uh, he got he took ill um, uh, in 1937. And in mm. fact, the New York Aquarium uh, took Charlie in mm. uh, and g- gave him uh, the needed medical care and whatnot. Um, and then after then Charlie recovered, then, then he passed away shortly thereafter. And my relatives um, gave him a final resting place uh, in their backyard, uh, complete with a, uh, a monument marker that uh, exists to this day. Wow. In, in Charlie's honor. Wow. Where is that? It's in my hometown of Kingston, New York, which is where all, which is uh, once they uh, uh, going back to 1907, they, they, they a couple of years later, they went off on their own and they, they soon settled in Kingston, New York, uh, which is where they had their uh, their training facility. So he's in the he's in the backyard. Uh, his monument is in the backyard and and uh, it's it's uh, about uh, two feet high and you can see Charlie and that's uh, got his day to death. And I mean, they, they, they love those animals. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so Charlie passes away and that's when Sharky gets into the scene. Almost storybook. So yes, Charlie passes away in 1938 and then 1939, this little guy called Sharky comes along and within months, he, he's head and shoulders over all of the other sea lions. So they were, they, they had this training facility in my hometown of Kingston, New York, and they were, and they were training uh, sea lions and, uh, and people, circuses, not so much rail circuses, but the, 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 the Great Depression really killed the rail circus business, but, but truck traveling circuses were still pretty active. So they were training sea lions for that. Uh, they also um, got a gig at the 1939 New York World's Fair, back when World's Fairs were, were big deals. Uh, but but uh, all of a sudden, this, this sea lion, Sharky, comes along. And uh, he, he's head and shoulders. My, uh, my great-grandfather, Mark Hewling, uh, in, in, his, uh, in his words, uh, has, never, has never seen a sea lion like this. So... So that's that's one component. Now the other component, and 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 Sharky's career is storybook from beginning until end. It's it's almost like you, you, you can't even make this up. So Sharky gets quote unquote discovered uh, about six months, nine months uh, upon his arrival in Kingston, New York. Gets discovered at a law uh, at a local uh, small country fair in upstate New York, and. The person who discovered him is uh, a lady named Gladys Hurlbut, and just so happens she is uh, a playwright, a Broadway playwright, and she's writing a book for an upcoming Broadway play. And she hits on this idea that she's going to have Sharky be part of the cast. Mm-hmm. And so it comes to pass, and and 
Meanwhile, my great-grandfather, he's kind of nurturing Sharky like a top first-round draft pick. So the, you've got these other sea lions going to the World's Fair, this and that. Sharky, meanwhile, he's, he's um, uh, working one-on-one, -on -one, giving him more and more training. And in 1940, um, Sharky, who, who hadn't had his two years of training yet to hit the big time, but he's ready, according to my great-grandfather. And he goes off to Broadway. Broadway hmm. and he and he appears in a uh, Broadway musical comedy Rogers and Hart now if you're not familiar those in the audience with Rogers and Hart they were the biggest at the time they were the biggest songwriting team in the business they, they were the Lennon and McCartney of their day hmm. so they've got this musical comedy and and it's got all it's 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 got a um, who's who of show business stars in it, and sure enough, Sharky's part of the cast. Wow. In New York City, I'll never think of Gary. I'll never think of Broadway the same again. <laughs> well, there's a whole. I've got two chapters in my book devoted to uh, Sharky's being on Broadway because it's such, it's such. Uh, it's such a crazy story and there's, there's funny parts. There's um, the, the, it's just such an unusual story. And, and the response you've got, you've got the, uh, the biggest stars in show business. Uh, so part of the cast is Jack Haley. Um, we know him better as the Tin Man and the Wizard of Oz. So Haley is fresh off filming the Wizard of Oz. He's, a, he's a big noise all over the country. So he's in, he's in the play. Uh, Shirley Ross, who had just uh, done a whole bunch of Hollywood pictures with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, she's in the cast. Uh, this uh, operetta star from uh, from Europe, Marta Eggert, she's in the cast. So it's just this uh, congl conglomeration of show business stars. And then they get to rehearsal. And apparently Gladys Hurlbut hadn't quite told everyone that she had in mind that Sharky was going to be in this show. So you can imagine the reaction and it, and, and it's just one, uh, and, and there's all sorts of complications. And, and, and so finally, uh, the show opens up on Broadway wow. and Sharky is Sharky's got a regular part. He's on stage, uh, without his trainer and, uh, in his role as, as Sharky the seal. And the next day, uh, much to everyone's surprise, all the headlines coming out and who are they talking about? They're not talking about Jack Haley. They're not talking about Shirley Ross. They're not talking about Marta Eggert. Everyone's talking about Sharky. So he steals the show and it's just hilarious. And, and it's, and it's uplifting. Um, it's heartwarming and, and what, and Sharky's role in the play, I'm not going to spoil it is just hilarious. He, he, he brings down the house. And uh, and he goes from being a uh, an up and coming prospect to being an overnight sensation, just like that. Wow! So how long was Sharky on Broadway then? He was on Broadway for the show ran about uh, a little over a hundred performances. So uh, he was on Broadway for about four months. Okay, four months, and and he was. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and he was the talk of the town. Man, I can't imagine 
those actors because i i mean actors and actresses have huge egos as is especially if you're successful <laughs> so to be trumped by a sea lion i'm sure they were kind of like what in the world like where am i you know what i, I mean yeah I, I i think you know i think they um they had some fun with it though i was actually um lucky enough to uh, get in touch with marta eggert's uh, son Marta Eggert had a, a wonderful. They they all had wonderful careers. Mm -hmm. uh, Marta Eggert uh, went on. Um, she did had a small stint in Hollywood, and then she returned to the world of operetta, and performed into her 90s. Her last performance was sometime I think it was 2013 at the age of 99 or something like that. Wow. Um, so I talked I talked uh, with her son, and uh, and he said that uh, no that 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 she loved. Sharky and that they got along and she talked about Sharky uh, when he was growing up as a kid talked about Sharky all the time and, and considered him uh, considered him human in fact and I'm quoting verbatim she considered him human and that that's uh, not unlike a lot of the other comments you get from from others that work with Sharky yeah oh that's amazing and you know and whenever you bring an animal on set even 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 today when we would do stuff on the today show it's amazing. The crew would light up. The celebrities would light up. Animals just have that certain star power. And it's funny. I mean, I could be, I've been in the studio with, 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 with Jennifer Lopez, seriously, right next to me. And I'll have an anteater or a, a lesser anteater <laughs> called a tamandua or a, a, a tamandua, excuse me. And more people are interested in this tamandua than they are Jennifer Lopez. It, it, it's a true thing. I swear to God, the it's... crew could care less about how many movies you've been in, how many records you sell, but if you bring in a stinky anteater, by God, they are so thrilled. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and such was the case with, with Sharky as well. And throughout, throughout his career, you know, if, wow. if you were on the bill and Sharky worked really worked with the best in show business, but, but if you were, if you were on the bill with Sharky, it, it was all over. He, he, he was walking away so, with the, uh, with the top honors. Did he stay at the theater or were they just doing daily trips to the city? Do you know where he was? Was he housed in Kingston or did he have a back pool in the theater? He had a, he had a back pool hmm. uh, in, in the theater. In fact, they kept him. If you're familiar with the theater district, the, the Schubert, they worked. I don't know if I mentioned that they were at the Schubert theater, um, which um, exists to this day. Um, and the, uh, there's a small alley between the Schubert theater and uh, the Broadhurst Theater, which mm -hmm. which are the theaters are, are basically more or less side by side, and and that's during their run on Broadway, um, that's where they stayed, and so and they in in, in a water pen and um, and uh, oh, I I said that's where they stayed. I, I should tell you, uh, they yes, Sharky did have an understudy. Really? Yes. Huh. He had an understudy, Teddy. And uh, which is which I get into in the book and, and poor Teddy, he, he, he knew that Sharky was the star and, mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, things, uh, you know, t t Teddy is, uh, you know, I, I always think of Teddy and I, and I speak at length about him in the book. He, he's like that second string quarterback uh -huh. that never quite gets a chance it's Sitting his on the whole bench. career. Yeah. Because he's he's Sharky's understudy. But uh, yeah, they, so it was Sharky and Teddy. Uh, during the run on Broadway, now they were they were like I said in an alley. Could audiences really tell the difference though? Because sea lions look pretty similar, right? 
They, yeah, and there was, um, towards the end of Sharky's career, there was another, there was another seal that came along, seal, sea lion, uh, called Sandy. And there were, there, and I also get into this in the book, there were times where, where Sandy kind of secretly subbed in for, for Sharky. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the audiences were supposedly no worse for wear, but, but, uh, um, it, it did happen on occasion. She, Sharky would get double booked. He'd have, he'd have a, a major theater appearance in Cincinnati and then he'd be booked, um, in Chicago. And so, you know, from time to time, they, they send Sandy in to, to, um, to be Sharky so- while Sharky did his other when you mentioned, you know, him being double booked, your relatives must have been making a lot of money. They were. Um, now, the um, uh, my great grandfather, Mark Hewling, and his two brothers, the, the one one brother retired um, in, in the 1920s. The other brother retired in the 1930s. So for uh, the duration of Sharkey's career. Um, it was, uh, the only seal trainer left in the, in, um, in that lineage was my great grandfather. Um, he, he got my grandfather involved, the son-in-law, but anyway, um, yeah, Sharky was, uh, he was going out, um, for about in today's dollars, uh, for about 25 to $30,000 a week was what it would cost you. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh and if you God. wanted a private, yeah, if you wanted a private showing, because Sharky did that. Sharky uh, worked the Waldorf uh, Astoria, wow. which is you know the most prestigious function room in the world. Um, as as did Charlie, uh, they they both did private engagements. Uh, and if you wanted a private booking at your at your party in today's dollars, that would cost you about ten thousand dollars. Wow. So, so they were celebrities. Yeah. Okay, so he's on Broadway for four months, and then what happens next, Gary? Does he travel the world and tour like the mega star that Sharky was? Well, he does tour. He goes on a tour. The um, Broadway is 1940. He starts mm-hmm. doing theaters and uh, and does a tour, um, tours all, all around the East Coast and uh, – and uh, out makes it out to Chicago and down to New Orleans, uh, and then works the following summer at Steel Pier, which was a uh, Steel Pier was huge. It was uh, it was in Atlanta. It is in Atlanta, Atlantic City. But that was uh, it, that was the in fact its motto was showplace of the nation, and it mm-hmm. was. So you had all the top stars. So Sharky's working, and I and 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 I talk about it a lot in the book. He's working with uh, the Three Stooges. What? So I'm <laughs> a huge Three. Oh my God! Really? The, oh yeah, my God! The Three yeah, Stooges. The, yeah, the Three Stooges. We all think of the Three Stooges. Uh, at least I do, anyway. Growing up as a kid, um, as those shorts, and, and 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 in fact, the Stooges really got popular when the shorts, uh, their short films got syndicated. And as, I was, as a kid myself growing up, um, that's how I uh, met, met the Stooges, if you will. I love those. Uh, so the Sto- yeah, so the Stooges, they were, they were doing all their film shorts, but they had a live act that they, took, they, that they took on the road. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And they took Sharky with them? No, they no, they intersected. So they so say so they inter, they uh, they were they worked Steel, Steel Pier that summer as okay. did Sharky. And so they they paired up in that respect. So they were in, in a way they were just uh, ships passing in the night. They they Sharky never toured, uh, but they did intersect and and I've got a great uh, it's one of my favorite pictures of Sharky. It's uh, Sharky and uh, and the Three Stooges and 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 Mo and Curly and Sharky all have got their eyes closed and and and, and Mo and Curly are, are kind of in a sea, sea lion position, using their hands like flippers, and they're they're, they're belting out some to him, and Larry's just off to the side, kind of looking at them all quizzically. It, it, it's it's a great shot. Wow! Can you can you email that to me? Absolutely. And, and, then, and it's it's on my website as well. And what is your website? Website is garybohan.com. Perfect. That is I can't even you know I I didn't realize Gary until I got on this call with you that sea lions really were the stars of show business. Like I, I I understand the whole title, but when I think of sea lions being the stars of show business, I think of how you know, they were the stars at like Marine parks. I did not realize through time that they were billed next to major celebrities and that people would, they were, they were stars. They truly were. They, uh, and like I said, Sharky more often than not would, uh, you know, during my research, it, it didn't happen once or even a couple of dozen times. I, I mean, I've got, I've got scores of articles of Sharky performing with all these uh, big names and he gets the top honors, like, not like every single time, you know, just to, to your point about appearing on, on TV with Jennifer Lopez and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, um, if Sharky was next to Jennifer Lopez, sorry, it's, it'd be all about Sharky. Yeah. Just as it was for you. Yeah. So how long did Sharky stay in the business? He, um, like I said, he hit the scene in 1939. Okay. And and his last appearance was um, at Rockefeller Center, uh, doing a, uh, a, a Christmas spectacular. Uh, it was broadcast on NBC, uh, and that was uh, December 1957. Wow. Okay. So he he worked for many many years. Many years, yeah, and he did. Uh, uh, after Broadway, that that same summer at, at uh, Steel Pier, he met up with uh, another comedy duo, uh, Abbott and Costello. Which, if you're familiar with the Stooges, you might be familiar with Abbott and Costello. Hmm. Uh, and they they uh, they liked him so much that uh, the following year, they asked Sharky to be in in their next movie. So, Sharky, right after being on Hollywood. Right after, right after working Steel Pier with acts like the Three Stooges, his next big break is he's Sharky's off to Hollywood in his custom van, in Whoa. his tub with side viewports. So for 18 years, he was active in the business. Am I doing my math right? That's correct, yeah. For 18 years. Gary, I guess I should have asked this earlier, but what was so special about Sharky was it the behaviors he was doing on stage like what was what separated this sea lion from all the others okay that that's a great question and really it was the one I asked myself as I'm looking at these uh, I'm looking at these uh, news articles and I'm thinking what what what's going on here so so Sharky was a triple threat 
he was a tremendous athlete and his specialty was hurdling. So he would, in the water, he would hurdle over this pole. And that was one of the things he did that distinguished him from the other sea lions. He could, he could hurdle this pole uh, and, and the pole would uh, get uh, raised higher and higher. And he would very, and he'd also swim through the water um, at, at breakneck speeds. My great grandfather, uh, California sea lions, as I understand it, their nominal speed is, let's say, 15 miles an hour, maybe a top speed of 25. Sharky could buzz through the water at uh, 40 miles an hour. So he, he was a thrill to behold in the water. Hey. Uh, he was also... I, I just was curious. You said in the water, but how were they... I'm thinking back in the 30s, like having water exhibits on stage. Like I'm just trying to picture this. You know what I mean? On Broadway or like how are they are they bringing pools to each performance or like was the stage specially built with a pool? Like I'm trying to picture this scene. Oh, all, all, all good questions. Um, there was there was no Sharky's Broadway run did not include any any work in a pool or okay. a water tank. OK, so in, in fact, um, uh my great grandfather worked up two acts for for Sharky. The the one act uh, in, in in a water tank or a pool, and another act on stage. Mm -hmm. So he called his he called his water tank act Sharky's wet act, mm. and he called his theater act his dry act. So um, so when they were doing theater work, Sharky would do his dry act. Uh, when they were let's say at Steel Pier. Um, Steel Pier had this huge uh, stadium at the end of the pier with a, with a um, with a huge a huge pool, and they would have uh, champion swim divers and uh, things of that sort. So uh, so there was a pool ready made uh, for Sharky. Hmm. Plus, my great grandfather did build a collapsible pool that uh, fit snug into the back of one of his travel trucks, and he would set it up and break it down. Uh, when he'd go uh, on the road, if if they wanted the wet act. Wow, that's really just before his time. I mean, that technology wasn't there. You couldn't just go to Walmart and get like a stand-up pool. Like, you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, very true, very true. Wow. But he was uh, my yeah. He's very mechanically inclined, and and he in fact he built a couple of these uh, collapsible pools. Wow, that is so interesting, Gary. We hit the forty-five minute mark. Will you join me for the after show? Absolutely. Boy, that went fast. I know. I know. I know. It goes by fast. Now, listen, uh, audience, if you want to join us for the after show, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. But Gary, where can listeners pick up your new book, Sharky, when sea lions were the stars of show business? You can pick it up at uh, all the usual spots, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. If you want to shop locally, there's a link called Indie Books, and uh, if you type that in, it finds out your zip code, and it'll tell you what uh, local bookstores are either carrying the book or uh, will order it for you. And you can also order it direct from the publisher, which is SUNY Press. That's amazing. And that's all on my website. All, all, the, all those links are on my website. Perfect, and I will include the links in the show notes. With that said, Gary, let's head on over to the after show. 
Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.